0: Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. This one was the highlight of my week as I sat down with three high school students to talk about their leadership development through the SAT Opportunity Ambassador Program through College Board. I'm joined by senior Peter Hall, who hopes to start his biomedical science or biochemistry in college, and a future in education through neuroscience. He's an incredible communicator and i'm drawn to his reaching outside of his comfort zone to overcome fear he'll talk about that in the episode next we have kennedy who's a senior at klein high in addition to helping others as a college board ambassador ambassador she also is the lead of girl up club at klein and in theater you'll hear her warm energy and eloquent public speaking skills shine through this episode can't wait for you to hear from her and last you're going to hear from chris price who's a senior at Klein Kane? who's learned a lot from starting the ambassador program and who will no doubt be a successful startup entrepreneur in his future. You're going to enjoy him talking about his passions, including the interest he has when he starts to talk about his favorite book at the end of the episode. I laughed, I was inspired, encouraged, and I can't wait for you to hear these brilliant and friendly teenagers talk about what's important to them what their passions are, how they've evolved as leaders through this opportunity, and more. Take a listen now. Hi, and welcome back to conversations I'm so excited to be here with some students as our guests today as we explore just leadership development in the whole opportunity ambassadors from college board so i'm going to let them introduce themselves so we'll start with you chris if you'll just introduce yourself and say what grade you're in and how long you've been an opportunity ambassador
1: hi i'm chris Price, and i've been an ambassador um all four years since freshman year and i'm a senior currently
0: yeah. and
1: right now i'm just an aspiring college student <laughs> hopefully i get in somewhere
0: <laughs> you will you will okay kennedy you're next on my screen
2: um, hi, I'm Kennedy James. I'm a senior at Klein High School and I've been an opportunity ambassador for two years. Okay. And
0: Peter?
3: Yeah, I'm Peter Hall. I'm an opportunity ambassador at Klein Collins. I'm a
2: current senior.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm just so excited to have you guys on here. But before we start diving into questions about kind of your leadership skills and what you gained from this opportunity, let's just talk about like a silver lining for you from this last school year that we're currently in learning in a pandemic, are there any silver linings for you as students?
1: I mean, as a student, I'm not sure what silver linings are, but I did get the COVID-19 vaccine, like, super early, Congrats. like, in September, yeah. so I was, like, a phase three clinical participant. Oh, wow. So that was my silver lining for <laughs> the past nine
2: months.
0: Super interesting. Yeah, you got it really early. Congratulations, okay. I think a silver lining
2: for me is like being able to pick my own schedule because I don't really learn by like, you know, the 7 in the morning to 3 p.m. schedule. Like sometimes I'm up at like 2 in the morning doing my work, but that's what works best for me.
0: So I like that about being online. The flexibility of the online environment. Interesting. Okay, Kennedy, thanks for sharing. Peter, you got anything?
3: Yeah, I'm just glad that we can reach more people now. I mean, we've really evolved as a program that we've, like, kind of extended our reach beyond just a campus, essentially. So we used to just be able to go teach in the classroom, and now we're, like, established website, established kind of session that's a regular thing. We have really kind of led a lot of people in the success now. So the whole SAT website, the Klein Academy website, has really taken off and really been something that's improved dramatically.
0: Love it. Okay. Well, let's dive in. So all of you are Opportunity Ambassadors, which for people who are listening who have no idea what that is, it's, you're participating in this framework that basically empowers students to spread the word to fellow students about six important steps in college planning. And I'm sure at this point you guys probably have that memorized, so I'll just let you, like, list it off in a second. And then you can also inform them about scholarships that they can earn through this SAT process. So first, you know, anybody off the top of your head have the six college tips? Is it that easy, or no, not off the top of your head? Okay, so basically, you're just like giving college tips to kids that are your age, okay? But tell me what drew you to this opportunity and why you wanted to be a part of it. Like, why did you apply to be an opportunity ambassador?
2: I applied because um, my
0: biology teacher, maybe biology
2: teacher Mr. Peach, was like hey, I think you'd be a really good fit. You're really loud and talkative in class. You really understand the concepts and you're not afraid to, you know, go and explain things to other students who don't necessarily understand. And I think you should be an opportunity ambassador. And that's like one of my favorite things is talking to people and explaining to people like how I see the world and like how I see learning. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to get in. And like I did. And now I'm part of like this great community. I love it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, mine doesn't differ much from hers, um, but it doesn't. Like, I was a freshman at a new school, and we only had freshmen and sophomores. And so I was only a freshman in chemistry. So my teacher was like, you seem smart. Join this group. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it's been worth your time, because you've done it for three years.
1: It has, and it's been really crazy seeing how it's evolved from freshman year, where it was just sort of a collective of students to so something really meaningful about my senior year. And, um, I think that was like, really interesting.
2: Awesome.
3: Well, for me, it was just kind of a chance to help people. I mean, I was like really interested in like helping out for everybody, so. I'm actually in a lot of other office positions too. So for me, it's really like a kind of community thing where I just want to kind of give back to people. So I really just want to kind of nudge people in the right direction. So essentially being able to go tour some people and kind of give them some basic tips, and then also just kind of inspire them to like, take their own lead in their own education really kind of just push them towards learning on their own and actually taking the lead to trying to adjust and you know mostly just kind of improve for the next few years in high school and in college too
0: i love that it's awesome so you've no doubt learned skills that you probably a lot of you already had but you you've definitely probably refined some leadership development public speaking organization collaboration these are all things that all of us do in life when we're part of a group Especially if it's like, Chris, I'm guessing you were probably one of the first ones in the district, because I kind of remember that like three years ago is when it started to first come out here. Um, And then obviously focusing on a service to others, like you just said, Peter. So tell me about a skill that you've refined in a major way since becoming a part of this opportunity that maybe you had before or didn't have, but you see so much growth in your individual capacity in that skill.
1: So, I mean, for me, recognizing that you really have to actively work towards, you know, building an organization and that you can't just, you know, allow people to, like, free ride in the organization. um, I think that was a big learning experience for me, and especially, you know, for other clubs, I certainly don't do much, but, you know, here, you know, you've had to organize and actually create, you know, programs and have people enrolled in them, and um, it's definitely amazing seeing that growth process. Awesome. And for me, it was like a kind of
3: evolution from past anxieties, basically. So I used to be like the quiet kid, of course. So it's, it was like a whole thing where I didn't talk that much. But like one of the first things I did in the program, it was like the second event I went to was like a big meeting for like a whole school, in, like an auditorium. So I to go speak in front of like 200 people at a time for like three different sessions. So that was kind of like a reality slap that basically just said you need to grow up, stop and shine. And then that was really something I kind of became more of a speaker for. So that was something that was pretty good. And then I also got into more like communication with like teachers and everything. So I could actually communicate the administration and actually kind of lead things and plan ahead of time. So it's really been like kind of a communication evolution for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. So 200 plus people for most adults would make them sweat. Um, You know, I'm around adults all the time, like they talk to other adults, but getting and I love talking in front of people. So I'm like, give me all the people. But that would make people sweat in general. And I'll never forget being in high school and being in speech class specifically, obviously, before choosing a career where I'm public speaking Um, and just remember being so mortified to get in front of a class. So for you guys to be able to get in front of that many kids is quite the feat for a teenager. Because, you know, there's all this social anxieties of thinking like, what are they thinking of me and all the things? So what helped you overcome it? Was it just like diving deep in? I don't really have a choice. I'm gonna go do this in front of everybody. Or did you like practice? Or what What helped you with that, Peter?
3: I mean, at that point, it was just kind of like a ride or die moment. I mean, like, <laughs> you're already here in front of the stage. The spotlight is literally on you. Literally. And I was sick at the time. So it's like, um, my pop was like killing my oldest that uh,
2: time. Yeah. time.
3: I was just like, you know what? We're just gonna get through it. I mean, you know, it's gonna happen and you just kind of have to kind of develop with the scene itself. You can't just have like a script for everything because I can't go off a script entirely. I kind of go off what I'm thinking in the moment. So it's kind of like a, realizing what I'm thinking, just kind of saying it instead of just kind of trying to suppress everything too.
0: Living life on the edge, no script kind of guy, okay. That makes me nervous. I mean, I'm not like a, hello, everyone. Let me do that, but I do need a little bit of outline. So I like that. Okay, Peter, thanks for sharing. Do have an
3: outline, but it's yeah. like not, you know, like I can't say every single word, word for word and everything. Yeah. It's just like, you know, here's what you need to cover, and then just kind of go through it naturally. So, you know, it's like more of a thing where you don't really break down because you have like a, you know, kind of feeling like you're saying what you want to say,
0: not what you're kind of being forced to say. Love that. I think you're a great communicator. Okay, Kennedy, how about you? Um, One of the things that I learned
2: was how to be a better teacher because when I was teaching the students, I realized that yes, I was like, I had the basics down, I had everything down, and I was at the advanced part to where I didn't really know why I was picking the correct answer. I would just read it and like mouth it to myself and be like, okay, this is the one. And students were like, how do you know? And I was like, Well, you know, that's a great question. Let me see. And so I learned like the basics again. I learned how to, you know, communicate it to my audience. I learned like why this answer choice shouldn't be it, what's grammatically wrong with it, and then hopefully I got them to the place where they can read it on their own and be like, this sounds better. So this is the
0: answer choice. And so, like, that's one
2: of the things I had to, like, refine for myself.
0: Yeah, interesting. I'm curious while you guys are talking about these skills. Chris, you're talking about, like, how you've realized, like, organizations just don't run themselves. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Peter, you're talking about these public skills and it's communications refinement. Candy, you're really talking about, like, breaking down the learning process, you know. And so I'm curious through this experience over the last few years, have, has it opened any doors in your mind to think like maybe I want to go down this route in the future or this route in the future, or has it just solidified maybe decisions that you've thought about your future already?
1: Um, for me, yeah, seeing an organization grow is—you um, know—I want to become a startup of founder, especially in college or you know shortly after. And you know, this is definitely a good test run <laughs> for <laughs> seeing how an organization can start from nothing and. You know, grow to fulfill its stated purpose, and yeah. so you know, hopefully that offers a path forward in the future.
0: And you kind of get a rush from it now. So you're like, "Ooh, what can we do with this later?" Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you can start figuring out the structure for how to do that. Awesome. Anybody else? Has it solidified any paths that you were already thinking about for the future? Or did it think, has it made you think, like, maybe I'll pursue X, Y, and Z? Does not mean, like, just a career, just in general? Like, has it made you think of things outside of your regular thinking before you were an, an ambassador?
3: In prior, I was thinking I was just going to go into, like, kind of medical field wherever I didn't really talk that much, like a surgeon, basically, like in front of like, a team. But I mean, I'm considering like kind of professor role too, like actually teaching a class and actually educating people instead of just kind of taking it behind the scenes. So cool. it's really kind of all my idea that I kind of like want to spread knowledge instead of just you know focusing on like my own little corner of the field and everything. So cool. as a neurosurgeon, like Aspire, I kind of want to like really evolve in how I want to kind of educate surrounding people so they can have like more of a solid community. I love
0: that.
2: Thanks for sharing. Yeah, for me, um, I've always been like a good public speaker. I'm in theater. And so, like, public speaking over Zoom is very easy for me. And I like, you know, speaking to people and meeting people. And one of the kind of career paths I wanted to do was political science. And so, to do that and to become a lawyer in the future and, you know, whatever those uh, career paths open up after that, you have to be a good public speaker and you have to be comfortable, you know, communicating your ideas and not being afraid to stand up for what you think. And so I think Klein Academy just allowed me a space where I can talk to people my age and work on those communication skills even more. Awesome.
0: Okay, so like we all are talking about how this is a service to others, you're helping fellow peers. What kind of feedback have y'all gotten from fellow peers at your schools about this program and how it's maybe benefited them and their SAT process or college preparation?
1: Um, so some of my peers that, like last year when they were taking the SAT, um, you know, they like had forgotten what days it was on, they didn't know like how to study in the regimen. And so, you know, just knowing that I was part of the SAT and masters and they could feel free to ask me questions and they attended sessions, you know, they got a lot more motivated to actually start studying and improving their scores. And so I, I think that was you know, almost as impactful as the actual training sessions that we had, is that you know, people felt more comfortable by asking about the process and uh, you know setting up their own schedule because uh, they knew other people were studying for it as well
0: yeah so to open that dialogue because there's like there's a contact now now it's not this grand like sat idea we gotta take these college exams it's like chris price is the right. guy
1: right exactly very <laughs> personalized anthropomorphized you can okay, put that on
0: the back of your letter jacket chris like sat guy
1: all
0: right anybody else what kind of peer feedback have y'all gotten
3: well, we take feedback every single session. So we really see directly that some students are saying that they understand everything now and that they actually like know what their teacher is trying to get at whenever they're in the classroom. So it's something where they can like really look back on what we were saying and like really reflect that now they understand that skill and that they know for sure that they're gonna do better on the SAT. You hear after the fact that they're actually improving significantly. Like all the PSAT scores are increasing. Wow all the SAT scores are increasing too, it's really something you can see directly. And for me personally, in my campus, it was like kind of whenever I kind of showed people where to go, essentially. So, whenever I was like in my first year, I was asking people what they thought about the SAT. I started telling them dates and stuff, and I'm like, wait, it's that soon? And I'm like, yes, it's that soon. It's like literally next month. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, I should probably study now. So, those scores definitely increased from that because I just knew to start studying immediately. So it's really something where we kind of nudge people in the right direction. And we kind of let them grow on their own, too, while also giving them the tools they need to grow, too. So we're kind of like planting the whole seed of the knowledge that they should be studying on their own, that they should be practicing. And then we can see the direct growth later after the SAT has been taken.
0: Which is incredible because you're basically directly directly impacting people's future. Like. That's yeah. awesome. And that's not an opportunity you get in maybe other clubs like Chris, you are saying there's some other clubs you can kind of sit back and hang out. But like this club is like literally impacting. And then talk about like college admissions interviews. I'm thinking, cause I used to also teach a college and career readiness class. So I'm thinking about these conversations I was having with students is very difficult sometimes able to highlight the leadership skills that you're being able to use in different avenues, depending on what they were involved in. You guys can showcase yourselves in an incredible and very unique way through this opportunity. So it's just really neat that you guys are literally impacting like your fellow peers futures. Like no big deal. Just on a Tuesday. At your house. Exactly. High
1: school. It's just Tuesday after Tuesday. That's I mean, how you get to that future goal. <laughs> but yeah, you
0: can put that them- on a scholarship
1: too.
0: What do you I mean yeah.
3: Yeah, like we really kind of push for the opportunity of scholarships and everything. So the whole collecting like a college list and everything like that and actually making the steps to improve too, like your Con and everything and through like personalized, narrowing down where you want to go, I mean, the opportunity that people have in order to get scholarships for those simple tasks are really leading them to actually take those steps. And then if they even get the scholarship, then that's great too, because that leads them to having more funding for a college too. So, I mean, we have a direct impact on their future in terms of practice, in terms of like their own mentality and
2: in terms of financial stuff too. So, it's great.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Kennedy, have you got any other feedback that was different than Chris and Peter?
2: Yeah, I think one of the most important things is, like, who we're making this direct impact on. And it's usually those students who can't afford, you know, expensive SAT prep or AP prep things. It's students who didn't necessarily know about it before and hasn't had anyone pushing them to know about it before. It's those students that can come to these free sessions or can watch these uh, recorded sessions online and truly get an understanding of like what we want them to do and you know how to obtain their future. Because those are the students who don't have a person or a teacher or another student in their life telling them this is what they need to do. And so those are the students that need this help the most and those are the students we are helping the most. I think that's like, really important.
0: Yeah, because I, Obviously, we've all taken SAT. Even as adults, we had to take this test. But as a CCR teacher, I had no idea how expensive this prep system was. Like, when 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 students would tell me, like, oh, over spring break, which, I mean, this is a little bit of a drag, like, they would do the whole prep over spring break. And their parents would spend like a $1,000. I'm like, oh, my word, a $1,000. I mean, that's like a partial Disney trip, you know, like, Instead, you're going to be learning about vocabulary and whatever's on the SAT. Now it's been five years since I've been on a campus, but it was just—it was mind blowing to me that stuff didn't exist, or maybe I didn't know about it in high school. But like, I'm like six hundred to a thousand dollars for prep, and I think you're right, Kennedy. It, it blocks out a demographic of students and families that can't afford it, or like just don't want to spend a thousand I mean, that's for light bills. That's for electricity bill. I mean, I just think of like what you can do with $1,000. And I do think SAT is very important and I'm not trying to diminish that, but I do like that you're able to reach that group that maybe can't afford these ridiculously priced prep, prep courses that I've seen out there. And if you don't know about it, like there's if you don't have a teenager or you're not involved with teenagers, you wouldn't know how much it costs. And I remember seeing those prices and then being blown away. So that's really cool that you guys give those students and families opportunities to be able to have a level playing field when it comes to taking these tests. Great job. Okay. So apparently I'm sitting amongst like some college board royalty because several of our client ambassadors won this gold leaf. Are any of you the gold leaf people here? Okay. So just for those people that don't know, we have gold leaf status in the nation. It's only 25 st- students and educators nationwide get chosen. We have 11 and then we also have one with distinction that's seven students out of the whole country and we have five educators and students on that list. So like, are any of you guys Gold leaf?
1: And um, we'll live with National Distinction.
0: Okay, Chris, that's incredible. And it doesn't matter if you guys aren't because I know our program's amazing and incredible. So like, what does this opportunity mean to you guys as like, as you're evolving into these adults? Like, I know you kind of touched on the future the future thing but is there anything else that y'all want to just add while you have a platform to anyone who's listening about just like the general leadership development that you've gotten last question so
1: perseverance um, is important
0: yeah tuesday after tuesday chris that's how you reach your goals exactly. i'm Every making a shirt
1: it's a new one
0: you could do a shirt company with that one <laughs> right,
1: fine tuesday
0: after tuesday. <laughs> for sure all right, so let's get to the non-SAT uh, opportunity ambassador section. This is the part where you just pick something in favor. What's a favorite of yours, like, in general? Right now, we ask this question of all of our guests.
1: A favorite?
0: In life. Favorite? You just pick, no, not yeah. book yet. We're going to get to book. But just, like, what's the one favorite thing in your life right now?
1: Working out. Working out. Working life? i don't know why but i really like it right now
0: okay i mean i'm a peloton owner so i feel like i can share in that that's my favorite thing oh,
1: okay so we have bought this thing it's like not a peloton but it's peloton S. it's called a tonal and so instead of like just cardio it's like a full workout like a weight regime Interesting. and so it's like yes yeah, so i've just been addicted to that okay workout.
0: yeah totally i'm addicted to my Pelotons. so i get it that's like one of my favorite things in life okay thanks chris for sharing peter kennedy
2: yeah, I think one of my favorite things is uh rollerblading. I've always oh. been rollerblading since I was like younger and so like during quarantine and like over the summer, I would just like you know, put in my airpods and then I'd just like rollerblade across the neighborhood. And sometimes it was kinda embarrassing because like the streets aren't always like like the best places to rollerblade and I would fall in the middle oh of the street gosh. like at seven morning and I'd like look around, I was like, Is anybody looking? And I just get back up and then keep skating like nobody saw me. But I love to rollerblade. Okay. And, Trips and
0: stuff like that. Wow, I didn't know rollerblading was still around. I mean, that's something we did when we were kids. That's cool. Way to bring it back, Kennedy. Way to be retro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Peter, go ahead.
3: I mean, for me, it's just oil paints. I mean, I really like the whole artistic sense of that. So, I yeah. mean, they say that you take a picture of something that you truly love and you want to like keep in your memory forever. But to me, it's like painting something is like more intimate. It's more like a kind of connection to the actual subject itself. So I mean I really try and go out in nature a lot a lot of times now, that's how I like, kinda of reduce stress and everything. So basically during like around testing times or around some kind of like big event, I try to go out and paint something at least once. So I have like a lot of paints with like these little bird tracks and everything in them, because like birds land on them and then they just don't realize it's paint and everything. So it's really nice to just kind of see how it develops and how you can actually modify it throughout the entire course of the painting itself. So it's like something where you can really modify it over time instead of just trying
1: to get
0: sent immediately. Wow, let me commend you for picking a hobby that also can be some self-care because in life you'll be stressed and it's good to know that nature and painting can bring you down and working out and rollerblading. Good job guys, y'all are so interesting. All oh, right, Ross
3: you- is a transpiration for me, so I mean it's... Oh, yeah. okay.
0: You know, everybody makes fun of him, but like he, he's a legit artist. Like, I, I have like flipped through the channels in my life when he was still alive and on. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this. The next thing you know, you're like, did he just make trees? of random brushing of paint. Like, I, I know people make fun of him, but I just think he's incredible. <laughs> it's way better than I could do. Okay, let's move on. All right, so y'all all said you read. So let's pick one favorite book. It can be fiction, nonfiction, whatever you want, self-help, whatever you want, and just like give us a, a baby snippet of like why you're into it.
1: I mean, picking one the only one book feels, you know, like blasphemy. There's so many other books. <laughs> but um, this is so this is gonna sound really pretentious, but Townsend Head by Anne Rand. Like so there's, there's these two characters in the book. It's um, Howard Rourke and Peter Keating. And Peter Keating's like this socialite, like he's always trying to like, you know, be the top in his class, you know, be successful, go to the best colleges, get a cool job, you know, and just make a lot of money. There's this other guy called Howard Rourke, and he ends up failing high school, he gets kicked out. But and he does what he loves though. And he's like really good at what he does. And he just wants to do it because he's good at it and he loves it. And you know, he's the idealized person in the book. And not this socialite, successful person. He's like the antagonist. And I see myself more as like the antagonist right now. And I want to be like the idealized person. That's why I it's just so resonant.
0: That's awesome. What was the name of it? Fountainhead
1: by Anne Rand.
0: Fountainhead. Okay. Why do you keep laughing? It's supposed to be like a funny book Thanks. or
1: no, it's Anne Rand, so she's just associated with a lot of conservative principles, like oh. conservative. Okay. Um, but uh, most people haven't actually like most people associate her with Atlas Shrugged, where she basically approaches life from this perspective that there's producers and there's like wasteful people that like do nothing otherwise, and they're all useless and only producers matter. But um, most people haven't read her other book called like Constantine. Okay. i Okay, looking it up
0: while you're talking. Okay, who wants to go next? Favorite book.
2: Um, I can go my one of my favorite books. I just reread it is carry on by Rainbow Rowell and (laughs) It's so funny because it's like the exact opposite of what Chris is talking about (laughs) Um, It's about this uh, boy and it's like the wizarding world and he's the chosen one But he's everything that the chosen one is not supposed to be bad at magic. He doesn't know what he's doing He kills the monsters that he fights like fights with impulse and one of the reasons why it's my favorite book is because like every trope in like young adult fiction that you can think of, Rainbow Rao did it, but then she subverted it so it's to not where you expect it. Like the love triangle and the wise mentor and the chosen one, like every single trope you can think of, she did it and she was like, but I'm gonna change it. And so it's like refreshing to read, especially in that genre. And it has amazing like LGBTQ representation and mental health representation
0: and diversity, so like I really love the book. It's like one of my favorites. Okay, I'm gonna link all these in the show notes for anyone who's listening who wants to see them. So thank you guys for sharing. All right, Peter, you got one?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of old fashioned, so I mean, I like the Brothers Karmazov by um, Dostoevsky. So it's really something that I kind of see as like a beautifully written work of literature. So it's basically about like this main character named Dimitri who's blamed for the murder of like his father. So it's really kind of like a series of like hopelessness and tragedy. So it's something I really kind of developed my own empathy through and I really kind of see myself kind of taking a lot of lessons from in terms of like how I see other people and how I kind of try to forgive people too. So it's kind of like something where I philosophically like question everything now I and mean, it's like are they really guilty of something? I mean should I really blame them for anything? Should I like really kind of you know do anything that's kind of you know judging them for something? I'm like more on the lenient side of everything's okay, you know, of kind of forgive people now. It's more of like a kind of emotional, developmental journey for me. So I highly recommend it to anybody pursuing like kind of philosophical questioning of experience. So anything that's literature-based that you really like that's kind of going into mind and the background emotions, that's something that you should go for, is this one book by Tabassi.
0: Okay, you said it was called Brothers what?
3: Brothers Karmazov. Karmazov, so I can link that in the chat if you want. And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely
3: put that in there. Okay. Yeah, it's anything to buy Dotevsky is great. I mean, crime punishment is fantastic. I mean, it's something that I really go into a lot. So. Yeah, I well, only read the gambler by actually. I know you
1: read that. Yet. I haven't read that one yet, but I probably will pick it up pretty soon. So it's really it's like he wrote it like he got into like a drinking bench one day and he was like he was like making too much money and so he decided to gamble away all his money, um, because his publisher had a due date and so he just you knew he was in so much debt that he had to like write out the entire book in three days, and so that yeah, that was a product of that work. <laughs> so, interesting. Yeah,
3: he has a pretty crazy writing process. I mean, I like I'm a lot of, a lot of, you know, just stuff you don't really expect when somebody is so successful and everything. So,
0: well, you guys, this really,
3: is really great.
0: That's this is so interesting. I love that you guys are just like throwing books out. I'll try to if they're all school appropriate. I'll try to link them in the show notes. And I just want to say like thank you all so much for your time. I know some of you had to come up to the school to do this because we're still in this lovely pandemic and like I told y'all before Kennedy got here, like I'm a former high school teacher, so like teenagers are my jam. And so this has been the highlight of my weeks to talk to you guys. You're interesting, you're inspiring, and you're like it's such a, a breath of fresh air of what our future looks like with students and individuals like y'all. So thank you guys so much for coming on and I'll be sure to send you guys the link when it's over. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah okay. thank you
1: so much. I'm okay. sure I'll listen to it. Okay. So
0: that's good. okay. Like I said, brilliant and friendly teenagers are always a joy to be around. I hope you're walking away from this episode just hearing through their content and their conversation. They are kind, they're smart, they lead well, and are ready to serve others. And, y'all, this is our future as a society, and I just smile thinking of our conversation. The takeaways that you can personally apply to help you refine your own leadership skills from the lessons that these kids have learned through this opportunity are to take risks that lead to growth, focus on serving and helping others through your leadership, and always keep growing as an individual and as a leader. Here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.